Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Mum and Mama podcast, brought to you as always by the wonderful Goldie Accountancy, wearegoldie.com. How are you? I am good. I was at Camp Festival last weekend, which was fantastic. If you haven't been, I highly recommend it. We had the best time. Everything is amazing. Always a nice bath. I need to post about that. I've been so busy in something back and I actually posted about our time there. But I did a two-hour, well, it was more like three-hour, actually, Wim Hof breathing thing. And then sat in an ice bath for two minutes. But it was hilarious because I did it because I hate being cold and I hate cold water. And I was like, I need to get over myself. And I'm really interested in the whole breathing. (laughs) Sometimes I say things and I sound like such a muppet. I'm really interested in breathing. Um, I'm I'm interested in the concept of, you know, improving your breathing (laughs) techniques. Scroobius Pip had Wim Hof on his podcast ages ago. Uh, I think it was one of his first guests, but it's really good to listen to it. But I've always wanted to give it a try, so anyway, I did. But it was funny because I did it with my sisters, and they both sat in there, chill as anything. And I'm like, (laughs) and I really couldn't control it. It was so weird because it wasn't actually that bad. Like, I could handle being in there, but it was just, it was like a natural response for my body to just be like going mental. But it, it was fine. I did it, and I'll definitely do it again. It was, um, it's a weird one because it wasn't like yeah it was really it was really nice because it wasn't nice but it was it was good and the next day oh, fucking time is going off every time I record anything in this house it's even my washing machine my fucking timer sorry and I can't start this again because I've already started it again once because my kids come downstairs I'm such a profesh um Yes, the next day we did this amazing yoga class. I'm turning into a right hippie. And they did like a Wim Hof breathing thing at the end. And I held my breath for 1 minute 45 seconds. And I was quite impressed with that. So yeah, it was very good. Anyway, Danny fucking Price. I'm so excited. I messaged him on Instagram because I'm his biggest fan. And was like, do you want to come on my podcast? And he was like, yeah. Sure. So I had a chat with him, and this is how it goes. Work. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Work. You all right? Hi. I am all right. What's your name? Danny fucking Price. Amy. No, Amy. That's, that's my name. Like, um, yeah, okay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, uh, why am I? Why do you ask me to be on your podcast? Who's doing it? Because doing I love you. <laughs> I, and I talk. I just. I so I started the podcast initially. It was like a single parent positive spin on pink, single parenting. Yeah. But then, you kind of run out of things to talk about. Really, there's only so much kid stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Like and single then, parenting is like yeah, kids. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're brats. Yeah. Sometimes I wish I never had them. Sometimes I lock them in the cupboard under the stairs. It's kind of like exactly. that's pretty much yeah. it with parenting, right? But it was like I know I'm lucky because I know a load of really interesting people, and then I was just like I just really like talking to people. Yeah. And finding out about them, and so I've just kind of now just gone off on a tangent, and I just ask people when I like them. Okay. <laughs> if they fancy coming on, basically, but I love your instagram and everything that you do um, oh, i don't you. know how i found you i think someone must have reposted something that you did yeah and then i was like oh my god wow i mean so, like to be fair thank you first of all that's really great to be fair my instagram i tried so much to be so i never had a personal instagram so i used to have a, a company instagram so i have a company my company blacks um it's an events company that i've run for years and I never had a personal Instagram. And then it was just, that was my company Instagram. And then I was like, you know what? The company was doing all right. We just bought our first venue. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to turn it into a personal Instagram. And I turned it into Danny fucking Price. And then I was like, I'll just get to be like the funny me that all my friends love. And do all my character shit and work on my, work on my um, sort of sketches and whatever. And then all of the politics happened. <laughs> and I was like, oh, actually, like, I'll try and keep it 50-50. I'll try and do half funny stuff and then half serious stuff but then it's just the serious stuff sort of took over but I like to think that I deliver it in a funny kind of way 
It is funny. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, it is funny. And that's... So, you've got to be funny, I think. To, you haven't got to be funny to get to reach people, but the more entertaining and comical it is, I think it hits home a lot yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that it's, um, it's like... People just say that it's hilarious and it makes them laugh, and they're like, "Well, it's serious shit." Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, like we're getting, like we're getting fucked. Like people are dying, but they're like, "But your yeah. delivery makes it easier to to cope." And I really, I yes. really love that because I only thought that I was funny when I put on a wig and pretend to be somebody else and like do all those sketches of me running around my flat being a crazy person. But then when people are saying, "Oh, you're actually hilarious," that's quite. I love that actually. It means I don't have to pretend to be somebody else to get people to get people listening. Do you know what I mean? Because my whole thing yeah, was like. Yeah. Come here for the fucking. Come here and look at how outrageous this is in the lockdown, and then stay for the important information. Yeah. So that's what so I did. So when I tell us about the events company, when did you start that? Oh, that... so I I started an events company in mm, April two thousand and fifteen, called Blacks. It used to, it used to be called Blacks London. No, it's called no. It used to be called Blacks UK. No, it's called Blacks London. And it's not just the entertainment industry. It's and it's not just an entertainment company is um um it's like it's all kinds of um events and mainly music industry related stuff so we have licensing as well which we we have a, a project an exhibition project with the rolling stones we have venues we have events um yeah we do a bunch of stuff we do we do pr as well and yeah and i just sort of like we set that up in 2015 as strictly just as events and then we sort of branched out and did loads of other things like album launches and stuff like that and just sort of pr projects and it like it sort of just one thing led to another and before we knew it we ended up actually ourselves and our like partner company um end up finding investors and then we bought venues because like before we was like trying to get like trying to get communications with other big events companies like Live Nation or Festival Republic because we know a lot of music, but we know a lot of people in bands, we know a lot of people in the music industry, artists. We never really got into music through the business side of things. We, we sort of like, we got in because we knew, I personally knew, know lots of big people in the music industry like writers and, and performers as well. And then we was trying to just get, um, get correspondence from these big companies and they'd always just blank us, always. Yeah. Um, and like, and then um, we decided, it was like, fuck it, like, let's just buy a venue. And we had, we found, we stumbled across an investor and um, a, a brewing company at the time. And it was like, let's just buy venues. And we ended up um, buying a fucking huge venue in London, which is on Leak Street, which we don't have anymore, but we will have. We had a bit of an what, issue with what? our old business partners. 26 Leak Street was our, one of our first venues. Okay. It's next door to House of Vans. And to be quite honest, we, um, it was... Although it was a good partnership at first, it ended up as a bad partnership and a few things went a, a bit, you know, off. So those three companies yeah. is Blacks, Shout About London and Lost Rivers. Lost Rivers, like, they was a brewery and they just didn't keep up their end of the bargain. So then um, Blacks and, and Shout About, which is our partner company, just sort of went and did their own thing. And now we're back. And then we, well, we came back and we bought a place in Hackney called Minus One. Uh, in 2020 but then of course the lockdown happened oh, and God, we lost yeah. everything we lost everything yeah. like and we had to because we only set up the the new company in february that year we had to furlough all our staff we didn't get any government help whatsoever 
But now we're back and like we got we, we got the Rolling Stones deal, so we we are we own the license for Black and White Blues, which is the very first pictures of the Rolling Stones taken when they were like teenagers in nineteen sixty three. And yeah, we're doing a load of deals with them. We've just uh, done a deal with um Mercury Music for a BBC documentary. And yeah, nobody's got these pictures. I've been in the, the Stones office, they don't even have these images, do you know what I mean? Like they're completely as so that's pretty pretty crazy. So we're looking to well we did do um an initial we released ten of them again in two thousand nineteen in November and we we was planning to take them on a world sort of tour exhibition, but pandemic. So so then I sort of then I was like, fuck it. I had nothing to do. I had nothing to do at all. So I was complaining, started complaining about stuff on the internet and started making funny videos of, of me pretending to have housemates, but it was just just the boys, isn't it? <laughs> so that was me. That was me. So how did you start, when did you start posting all the political stuff then? Oh, so yeah, like as soon as we realised that the, the venue was gone and we was fucked in like March, we'd had two events. We had two events, it was fucking crazy. And then I was, I was on my way, we was doing a show band for Channel 4, and I was on my way from the gym to the venue, and I was like, I got a phone call saying, oh yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't have anyone at the, the venue anymore. We've got to close, the government's closing down all the venues, like everything, it was fucked. And I remember being on the bus thinking, wow, this is really a thing. And then I came home, and like, so I've always been the funny guy, with me and my friends and I've always been like Daniel Black's been like a funny character that I do just do stuff for fun and going around festivals and just like making my friends look like idiots just for a laugh it wasn't for I wasn't big on social media it wasn't for any clout or anything like that it was just I was the funny guy and then so we was at this we had this lockdown so I was like okay I'm gonna do some more stuff and I was I was doing the um the quarantine with me sketches which I, I don't know if you've seen when it's like Daniel and Clive and Nikki, and it was all like it was like it was like come down, come down with me, but like with quarantine, and we did that here. Well, I did that here, and like it was really actually it's a really funny story. It was two weeks into the first lockdown, and the neighbours, I had these new neighbours, and they I see them when I'm taking the bins out, and they're like, oh, we can hear you lot having a right laugh over there, man. We can hear you through the walls, and I didn't have it in me to tell them that it was just me <laughs> pretending to be three different people. <laughs> But anyway, then, um, then like, um, I, just, I was just doing it to sort of entertain my friends because we all worked in music and we didn't have anything. So I was yeah. just like trying to, trying to, you know, help them out a bit. And just, it was just a laugh. And then um, I was just creating these things notice videos, which was used to be like three minutes long. And it was just like, oh, listen to this bullshit the government said. And this is what I think about it. And then... They just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and then the George Floyd incident happened. And then I released a video and that went viral. And like, that was the first really, really serious thing that I'd done when I was like, yeah. I'm a black person. This is my voice. This is what I've got to say. Like, I know you've been watching me on doing all this funny shit, but listen to this. This is what I think. And it went fucking, it went, it went big. And I wasn't expecting that to happen at all. And then um, a lot of people, like, obviously my platform grew. And a lot of people started, like, relying on me, asking me to speak about certain things, saying, like, you're the only version of news that I watch. I get that, like, all the time. And I just thought, you know what, like, in, um, in 2018, I did a really long bout of therapy because I was, well, I'm not going to lie, I was broken before. And um, 
I thought people like there's such a there's such a it's such a tough time right now and people can't it's like the news is tragedy it's all tragedy all the news is just like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing and I thought you know if I'm in a really really a uniquely mental space where I can actually consume this media and then put it back out as in a digestible news um, through my platform and that helps people understand as well as sort of making people smile in the process even though the news is bad and I'm good at that then I'm just going to do it um, yeah. and I've, I've I've never done it for money I do have a Patreon now but like I've never done like it's never been about oh yeah this is this is the news pay me some money do you know what I mean yeah. I've, I've never done that I, do, I don't do sponsored partnerships I don't do anything like that um, it's just like I believe that it's the right thing to do and I, I actually wish that there was more people like me doing it because there isn't um, yeah. you know there's a lot of there's a lot of clout chasers out there there's a lot of people that just want to benefit from tragedy and that's not that's something that, that I'm not really into do you know what I mean like yes yeah 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 and if, if you notice like on my Instagram which I do need to change on my Instagram there's no photographs of me like I, I, I never it's never been about me do you know what I mean I know yeah. I have my video every week but it's never been about me oh look at this look at me living this fucking great life or whatever because we're not living great lives let's be honest we're not I mean like I'm broke as fuck <laughs> I'm broke as fuck Oh, like, we've only just managed to get our business back up and running. Like, all my friends are fucking going through hard times. Like, yeah. like it, I'm not into that sort of self-glorification or sort of, you know, bringing attention to myself. I think um, the way that I see it is my sort of mission statement is to make news digestible for people and try and influence people to do that either the same as me or get into politics. A lot of people yeah. always say to me, you've got to get into politics, you've got to get into politics. And I was like, Please. no, no, fuck, Please fuck, do I'm it. not doing it. Okay, hear me out. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not fucking doing it. Um, it's fucking bollocks, blah, blah, blah. But recently... Why, why not, though? It's, it's serious. Why would you not? Because you're you're very articulate. Yeah. I, I mean, I assume from how you present yourself and your content, you're obviously intelligent enough to do it. Do you know what I mean? And you present yourself well, so... What is it that about it that puts you off? Well, first of all, everything you've said there is like that's really great. Thank you very much. But I got expelled from school. I'm not. I'm not well educated. I am. I am street smart. Like I used to be a fucking criminal. I was like the sm- street smartest guy ever. I was making a living just doing crime. Crime was the secret ingredient for me for a long period of time. And but that's not. I'm not boasting. It wasn't fun. It definitely yeah. wasn't fun. But like. Um, I think when people say that I, I'm articulate, like, I'm, this is like, when I'm on a roll, I'm fine, but like, I have a really bad start. When I record those videos, that's two hours of footage that I have. And my, cause I'm, cause I'm, uh, cause I'm dyslexic and neurodivergent. That's two hours, I record two hours of footage and I get that down to 10, 10 to 15 minutes. Wow. It's like, it's like, I'm no good with speaking. Like sometimes like incidents like this, I'm really, really good. If I just sort of, if I'm allowed to just continue and go on and go on, I'm fine. Yeah. But if I'm like having to, sort of rehearse something like lines I'm never good with I'm no good at lines I can't do that and sometimes like when I speak the words don't come out in the right order and like and this is all relatively new for me as well I only actually found out that I was dyslexic three years ago um so of course like everything just that was a sort of um everything that when I was a kid um and what I went through as a kid it sort of answered a lot of questions as to why why I was fucking dumb, basically. Why didn't um, no one pick it up on it when you were younger? I, I don't have a clue. Like, I don't have a clue. I don't, I don't know. I said to my mum, because my mum didn't know. Like, 
Um, I said to her, this was only like a couple of months ago, I was like, Mum, I'm, I'm dyslexic. And like, she's like, oh well. <laughs> Them's the breaks. Like, so what, what the fuck? Yeah, nice one, Mum. Cheers. But like, um, yeah, it was, um, it was just crazy. Like, so when people say like, why don't I get into politics? Like, I, I, I'm fully aware that I can't. Yeah. Because of that reason. And yeah. I probably could and people would accept it and it's fine. But... I think that if I can influence other people to get... There's people that can say things a lot better than I can say things. There's people who've got a lot better ideas than mine and a lot better... Uh, they've got, they've got a, lot of, uh, a better voice than me. And if I can inspire them to get into politics or bring them into politics, like, yeah. that's it. And but plus, like, this was... For me, not wanting to get into politics is a very... It's a very last year, mate. I've just been away for doing... I've just been away for work um, for five weeks. But I'm not allowed to say, but we've been working with members of parliament... And yeah, like I can show you this one thing. Okay, I have a book from the House of Lords now, so yeah, but I can't tell you anything else. But um, but um, um, you all will be revealed soon. I've literally signed a contract, so I can't say it. I no, 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 that's fine. That. Oh, that's but, really um, exciting. Um, so I um, I've went away for five weeks doing this project, and um, before I went there, I was like, I, I just said, fucking don't want a job in politics. Fuck it. But now I'm like, give me a job in politics. Like, I can totally really? do it. And that's what I want to do. I don't necessarily want the job in politics. I want to bring people in. We need yeah. to have more young people interested in politics. We need to have yeah. more marginalised people brought into politics. And if I can yeah. be that voice to sort of guide them into, in, in, sorry, into politics in a kind of way, then yeah. I'd love that. That'd be great. Because I suppose you could always kind of do, like, work on the campaigns or do the support yeah, stuff in yeah. the background like, rather look, than being the front person. Exactly. Like, I, don't, I don't like the idea of leadership anyway. I don't like the idea that one person leads one party that represents 30% of the country. Yes. And that yes. by default represents all of the country. I don't believe that. Um, yeah. But I do like the idea of, you know, bringing all of the people, a lot of people in the same place at the same time and saying, like, look how much power we have. We could do anything. That's what I like. Yeah. I like that idea. Like a committee of people to make decisions on behalf of a government, on behalf of a country. That would be great. Not one person and not a cabinet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What so would, that's what how I'd would you do. change it? If you could, if they were said tomorrow, Danny, <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> if what would somebody, you do? Okay, okay. What, as in, are you asking me if I had a big idea? Yeah. My big idea, okay. Like, I do things in a very logical way. So if someone was to say, like, you have one shot at... Being being a, the being the prime minister or whatever, um, what is the one thing that you would change? And I'd be like, well, everybody seems to think that it's really ignorant. But people say, oh, they're all the same, right? All the politicians, yeah. they're all the same. I fucking I hate it. Like I used to say that myself. I used to say it myself, but I hate it now. But um, I think the one of the things that I do is is like because I work so logically, is like building rapport and building trust is one of the most important things for me. So if someone was yeah. to say to me, you're the prime minister. What's your first policy? it would be to create a committee of people to control government finances. Because there's no such thing about, there's no such thing as government money. It's always public money. The government wastes, wastes 100 billion pounds a year. They waste that on themselves, on their wages. Nobody asked us how much they should be paid. That's never been a question for us. And I think if I had a policy, it would be a question for us. So if they're wasting 100 billion a year, that kind of money can go into fucking 100... That's everybody's energy for a year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's free services. That's, 
that's you know it's it's everything it's like childcare, it's youth care it's money for the nhs like um so yeah if i had a big policy it would be to build trust between the public and the, the government by slashing government wages slashing their expenses and having a body an independent body that monitors all the government spending so we can't have boris johnson spending 250 million pounds on a boat we can't have millions of pounds spent on the fucking big bend you know what i mean like yeah. big bend's a tourist attraction so's windsor castle but we're not fucking refurbing windsor castle are yeah. we do you know what i mean yeah like yeah, yeah. so yeah that would be my, my one thing is to to build trust and that's by putting money in there pockets of people by putting them in charge of the money in the first place because it is yeah. our money it's their money you know yeah so that would be my big policy if i was to do it and then of course like people would then as i said it would build that element of trust and people would be like oh well no we can trust this government because they're allowing us to spend money on what we need to be spent on and i'm not saying like give give the people control and that's it there'd be economic experts environmentalists whatever involved but i'm just saying give the people the green light on every penny that is spent that would be my thing yeah yeah, because I think I think if people were more felt more included, they'd be more engaged with it. I feel like exactly. a lot of people just feel so like politics is nothing to do with them. Like if if they're fortunate enough not to feel the effects of, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I have friends oh, yeah, yeah. who are quite wealthy and yeah. white, <laughs> so they don't want to talk about politics. Because why would they? they oh, have ignorance is bliss. Like yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's weird because they're like the, they're the small amount of people. Do you know what I mean? Like they're the sm- but the, the the majority of people are struggling. So it's those yeah. those are the people that we need to get more involved. You know. You say that. I mean, and I do. I do believe that it is definitely the majority that are struggling. But it. Like I live in East London, so near. We've got a massive Westfield shopping centre in Stratford. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I went for dinner on Friday, and it was grand absolutely yeah. rammed like the people that are there have got money and I know obviously London is an affluent area but it's yeah. like I do think that there are still quite a few people that are actually quite alright and I don't yeah. understand how so many of us are really fucked at the moment and things are getting worse Yeah, but some yeah, people I mean, don't seem to be affected at it's, all it's, it's, um, there's that saying it's the turkeys voting for Christmas right that's what, that's uh, what people are saying and I do agree and I think that's just down to, it is just down to the media, isn't it? And like, it, remember when it used to be a conspiracy when people used to say, oh, the media is controlled. But like, when Margaret Thatcher was the prime minister, she blatantly said, she's like, yeah, we have meet, meetings with the, the head of the press, like all, like all the time, the, the editor of the Times or the Daily Mail. And we have meetings with them and see what we can do for each other. Like, she just sort of blew that open when people was like, when people that were saying that was like being treated as pariahs in a sense. It's like, oh, tinfoil hats, but like, she blatantly was like, her and Reagan was like, yeah, we meet with the press all the time. And that is something that has been proved now in recent times with um, the, I think it was the Times when they was trying to talk about Carrie Johnson and Boris being caught doing some conilingus or whatever it was. And then they had meetings, they had meetings to like suppress the story. And that ended up being a massive story in itself. Yep. Um, so yeah, the, it's like the press have such a big role to play. Yeah. In in who people vote for, like you know, everybody thinks that Jeremy Corbyn is a racist. So yeah, no, I know, <laughs> I know, that still blows my mind. I was I was with somebody the other day when I was on this project. I was with a Jewish person. And he was like, yeah, he's an anti-Semite. And I was like, have you seen how much? Because I did a story a while ago about how much anti-Semitism was actually in the Conservative government. Nobody ever talks about it. It is it is abundant there, and nobody ever talks about it. Yeah. 
has ever has it ever been explained to you about why Jeremy Corbyn has been? I mean, I, obviously, I don't know him, so I don't know. Right. But I just always, I was a big supporter of him. And yeah. I like to think that I am not racist in any way. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand how that was true. And I do have Jewish friends who believe that. And I've asked them to explain to me why. And they haven't. Yeah. So it's exactly do you know why? No, it's it's pretty no. much just like there was there was a few incidents. And he, like, like many people in an awkward situation, he, like, didn't really pay enough attention to it or whatever. But because, not because he didn't want to, more is because he didn't feel like it was his place, I think. But, um, like, realistically, like, I don't know. He could have dealt with it, like, a lot better, but it's not... Dealing with something in a better way does not make you an anti-Semite. It doesn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, um, I'm I'm sure that many people in their lifetimes have seen racial attacks. I've been attacked and I've seen people not getting involved. That doesn't make them racist, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's as far as I go with with the subject, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But I don't believe yeah. he's an anti-Semite at all. Yeah, I don't. But then also, it's a real hard conversation because I'm not Jewish. Yeah. Do you like? You feel like you? Do you know what I mean? It's well, like yeah, I'm yeah, hard, I know. Like know? when I speak it's to people, hard. it's like it's like they don't really know what they're. It's like they don't know what they're saying. Like, do you know what I mean? And these yeah. are Jewish people. It's like they don't know why they hate him so much. And like I said, when I spoke to a good friend of mine, Adam, the other day, I was like. Like, you see all of this, there's, there's so much more, like, actual racism and anti-Semitism in the Conservative Party. And he was like, yeah, but I didn't know about that. It's like, well, are you going to say anything about this party or are you just focusing on Jeremy Corbyn? Then, like, it's mental. But Boris Johnson has been openly racist. He has, yeah. And it's fine. Yeah, it's absolutely because fine. Because he can get away with it because he's an idiot. Oh, yeah. I think, like, as, as well as, like, people know what they was voting for when they voted for Boris. They knew he was a liar. He got sacked from two jobs for being a liar yeah. prior to this. And those jobs were in the press as well. Like, and so when you point out things to them about Boris Johnson, I don't, I mean, like, they can't really say anything, can they? Because they knew full well what they was voting for. They knew yeah. that he was just a character. I once watched an interview um, on, I think it was BBC News. This was years ago when Boris Johnson was the mayor of london and somebody asked his dad a reporter asked his dad why boris johnson got so many so much support and his dad his own dad was like yeah because he looks like a buffoon he looks like a character and then his dad said that and like he's <laughs> first of all if my dad called me a buffoon i'd be like fuck this guy yeah. but um like the fact that like it's that was his, it seems like it was his, the plan all along like do you know what i mean just oh, act 100%. like act like an idiot and people will vote for you because it's like some yeah. sort of charm, I guess. Yep, it's non-threatening. It's like yeah. the thing with the bus, wasn't it? With the Boris bus. Yeah. With the, with the NHS yeah. thing. And then he was interviewed talking about making toy buses or something. Yeah, so yeah, making Googled them out of, out of wine, wine boxes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So when you Google um, it, that's what you find out about. But like... But Boris Johnson, I actually was going to do this post, but I don't think I'm going to do it now because he's, he's resigning. Um, but um, I was going to do this post about Boris's, like, violent history. So um, did you know about this? I've got it here. So there was the Bullingdon Club, um, which he was in, where, yes. like, people would just, like, you know, like, uh, they said that the whole culture was extremely, just to get extremely drunk and exert vandalism. Um, every time that someone was elected and they used to go around trashing places and c- causing serious criminal damage. Um, they found it amusing if people were intimidated or frightened by their behaviour 
and there's one incident of them walking down Oxford um, with their tails and top hats, um, chanting and smashing bottles and trying to scare people in the street. And this is Boris Johnson, like he was one of their sort of ringleaders. Yeah. And then there's a quote here. Boris was one of the big beasts of the club. He was up for anything. Um, he treated certain types of people with absolute disdain and referred to them as plebs or grockles. Um, the police were always uh, called plod and their attitude towards women was um, that women were there for their own entertainment. Yes. And, yeah. and then, of course, Boris, um, in his late, late in his career as a journalist, um, was helping somebody arrange to get another journalist beaten up. That happened. Yes. And then yes. um, there was an alter, altercation with Carrie Simmons um, where the police was called and they heard Carrie screaming, in, um, screaming get off in their, their flat at the time. And um, also his dad was a, a woman beater as well. Like, so I actually think Boris Johnson, like as, like, as much as the image that he's shown as him being a buffoon, I actually think he's a very sinister and yes. an evil person. Yeah. That's what I think yes. he is really. Yeah. I agree. Do you follow Led by Donkeys? I do follow... No, I don't follow Led by Donkeys. Okay, I'll explain why. Um, which I'm sure you'll know. You'll know my attitude towards these types of um, people. Which they're like, fair play to them. They're doing their thing. But like, um, I've reached out to Led by Donkeys. And I've reached out to... I've reached out to like loads of people. Hundreds of people. Saying, look... You've got a platform, I've got a platform, let's make actual change. It's all good going on the internet, complaining, making funny posts, making memes, making fools of politicians, but like, you're, you're just getting likes. That's all you're fucking doing. Yeah, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. turn yeah. these likes into action. And yeah. every time, every time I've ever reached out to anybody, it's been ghosted. And, and, that's like, and that goes for Led by Donkeys, it goes for Double Down News, who are really good friends of mine as well. Like, I've said, we've got to do something, we have to do something. And they'll they'll just be like, oh no, and I oh, that's why I don't. Why? That's what I don't know. I mean, I don't know because they don't they don't they don't they don't reply to my messages. So I absolutely <laughs> don't know. But like, oh, that's um, yeah. We're not so as you know. I set up the blacks list, which was to try and get everybody in the same place. And I was like, yeah, this will be it. We'll get to ten thousand. Get to ten thousand fucking um, signatures on this list, and then we can actually go to the press and we can start doing stuff properly. Like, and I spoke to, like, Femi Sorry and Double Down News and Led by Donkeys and, and Shit You Should Care About and whatever and never get a response and never get a response. And it's kind of like, these, and like, put it this way, I know that these people are earning money through their platforms and I'm not earning money through my platform. And that's all I have to say. Like, Led by Donkeys, like, they've got loads of Patreons. I don't. I have, like, what, 50? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. these other people... Are earning a load of money. I know of, and I don't want to say their name. I know of one sort of social justice Instagram page that makes ten thousand pounds a month. They aren't paying any tax, and they're not doing anything. So you know, these these are not the same people who's who I am. Do you know what I mean? And hopefully, like, I, I, and I've called them out plenty of times. Like, I will not share any of their stuff. People send me their stuff. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Like. I'm not doing it. Do you know what I mean? I want real action. I want real change. I don't want fucking clout yeah. chasing, fucking looking for followers, looking for likes. I don't want it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, so yeah, I do follow Led by Donkeys, but, you know, yeah, it's all good. Put a fucking projection on the side of fucking House of Commons, but what are you actually doing yeah. to change anything? Do you know what I mean? And I'm just yeah. one person, and I'm not saying that I've done anything, but I'm, I'm like, you know, I've arranged protests where only 20 people have turned up, and I've still fucking marched to Downing Street. Yeah, do you know what I mean? 20 people, they still... 
20 people to turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying, like, these other com- companies can do so much more. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they can. But that's, that's the hints in the name. They are companies. They, they are making money. Do you know what I mean? I'm not here for money. I'm not here for clout. I don't yeah. give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? Like... Um, so I won't, I won't mix with those people. Like, that's you know. the danger of social media, isn't it? My friend talks about this, is it, mate? Like, because I, I get really angry and I share mm. stuff. But that's all I do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you've yeah. got to actually fucking do something. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I am all for just sharing stuff. Like, you know, like, at least you're sharing stuff. But when people, like, you know, are sort of, like, looking at people, like, led by donkeys and... And DDM and being like, oh, yeah, these are great. These are great people. It's like, mm, what are they actually doing? Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. what are they actually doing with all of their money, which they are owing a lot of? What are they doing with, with yeah. that? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and I think that's where I sort of fall out of that category because I have my business and I have my job anyway. So I don't, you know, yeah. whether, whether if my Instagram was to go tomorrow, we wouldn't, I, I would still be able to make my rent. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, with people that have sort of utilized, utilized the tragedy of the government to their to their financial benefits which like i could be wrong maybe they don't but i know for a fact that a lot of them do um yeah like i think that that's wrong do you know what i mean so whenever yeah. so, and, I, and, like, and that's the thing that people send me stuff all the time and i'm just like i'm not fucking sharing this unless i see these people actually doing something i'm not i don't want anything to do with them do you know what i mean yeah. my, my inbox will always be open to them but um and people have commented on my things like you should do stuff with led by donkeys and i've replied like yeah my door's always open to them it's in your court you think they reach yeah. out no they'll never reach out they never will that's the thing because they're on a different they're on a different level you know okay. they they're doing things for different reasons okay that's in, that's interesting <laughs> i mean like it's, i'm not even it, i could be it's not even a case like I, I could be sitting here and lying but what are they doing have you seen them do anything realistically yeah. do you know no it's just, I mean, it's like just very, do, yeah, yeah, it's just it's, very funny. It's very gimmicky. It's like, there's no yeah. progress, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. How do you get your information? Oh, man. So, oh, yeah, the TV's like because... off right now. But I just literally sit down. I have four, four split screens on my TV and I'm just watching news all day, every day. That's all I do. Um, watch news. If I see, if I see something, I'll research it. And I watch news from different countries, different areas as well. Because, like, we don't, you know, we don't see a lot of the news anyway. So I try and watch, watch like, um, I watch a lot of Vice. I watch a, a lot of sort of online news channels. And I, I just, like, I, I don't go on, I don't actually like social media, regardless of me, you know, yeah. going back to the reasons why I just said, that's one of the reasons I don't like social media. But I do go on social media. Um, I go on Twitter a lot, even though I don't use Twitter. I go on Twitter a lot to find out a lot of sort of stories from from people's point of views so yeah. what's what is how it's affecting them in their areas or whatever um you know um and it's like yeah that's pretty much how i get it but i don't do it like too much because that's the whole point of my things being called things noticed it's just what i notice along the way of living my life do you know what i mean yeah but i do tend to go on twitter a lot and just scroll and just find out how do you have time to do that and work so I own the business, so we have staff. Okay. So so I'm fine. <laughs> I'm like I'm like one of the owners. There's like there's like two of us. It's fine. Oh, that's so, brilliant. So yeah, like um, yeah, I like it, and I just do, you know. I mean, realistically, like I um, I'm always working, always. Yes. So um, you know, I just just I just do have time. Like it's it's just what I love doing. It's like a hobby for me, isn't it? Like doing the the social yeah. media stuff. But what a fucking good hobby to have, though. 
better than better than stealing cars. Yeah. So yeah. So where did you grow up? In Wolverhampton. Okay. That answers a few questions, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was Wolverhampton, like. Yeah. That's, that's a place. Um, yeah. So yeah, my um, like, and I'm let's let's not dress it up. I grew up in a very sort of. I was lucky to grow up in a decent part of Wolverhampton. And then it was in my sort of late teenage years, I sort of lost my way a bit. And so did my brother. My brother's in prison. He's in prison for murder, um, which is like everyone Fucking knows. Hell. It's like common yeah. common knowledge. Um, and like, it's sort of like he went back into it and I sort of stayed out of it. Yeah. And like, I sort of just moved to London and sort of just struggled really, struggled to sort of um, keep away from everything that was sort of tempting me back into Wolverhampton and tempting yes. me back into that sort of lifestyle. Yeah. And I failed a lot as well. Like, I, um, I, like, I just went, I did still, still go into criminality quite a bit, but then I sort of shook it off when I wanted to, you know, sort my life out and sort yeah. of set up a business and make a career of, of myself. So, yeah. How did you get into doing what you're doing? Oh, um, so I'm always good at throwing parties. I was like really, really good at throwing parties. Like I remember when I was a kid, when I was a kid, like say kid in school, my mum used to go, she used to work at a bingo hall on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And we used to have parties, like full on parties in my mum's house. Like she used to finish at like 11 o'clock at night. We used to have these big fucking parties in the middle of a week, schools the next day, two parties, Tuesday and Wednesday, it was fucking mental. And then, like, she'd come back and she never knew. She never knew. Like, the house was pristine, like, when she got back. And we didn't have social media then. We didn't have cameras. We didn't have camera phones. Like, yeah. I just used to wing it. And she never fucking knew. Um, so I've always been really, really good at organisation and organising parties. And, like, so one day, um, um, I was just, where was I? I was in um, St Albans. I lived in St Albans. And somebody asked me to design flyer for his night, to design this flyer, because I'm really good at art, so I did. And then, um, like, went to this event, and I was like, he, he didn't know what he was doing. It was ran like shit. And I was like, yeah. oh. So I sort of accidentally took over the running of this party in yeah. a place called the Vintry in St Albans. And then I, I ended up doing it. And then end up, like, they, they, they fired him, and they got me to do it. And I just accidentally fell into this role of organising um, events on, like, a Wednesday night. What kind of night was it? Oh, it was like a... a we had bands on. It was, like, loads of bands, loads okay. of DJs. And it was on a Wednesday night. And um, I sort of fell into just um, we, just doing these events, doing these nights. And then um, a band, like, from around St Albans called Enter Shikari, that's actually really big now, yes, they was I like, can you... Yeah, they're like my best mates now. They okay. was like, can you, can, you arrange, can you arrange a party for us? And I was like, yeah, okay. And then they was like, can you arrange a load of parties for us and go on tours and arrange parties with them on tour? And then through them, loads of other bands came along. And, and then before I knew it, it was like 2015 and I'd organised an album launch on a double-decker bus driving through London. And I was like, shit, man, I should set up a company. I should really, really do it. And then I did. And um, now, like... Um, and then like, after that, I had... Um, a place in Old Street where we used to do like these really crazy parties where it was like you could smoke indoors and like and it was a music studio so all these famous people were there all the time Harry Styles came there like um, Coldplay had a studio there Wolf Alice had a studio there 
Like, it was insane. And so, like, we just had, had these parties there, like, pretty much every week. And um, so, yeah, I set up the business. Then I got asked by my friend's company, who he did corporate events. He was like, yeah, we should do events together. And then we did. And then we ended up finding another company to, to buy mm-hmm. venues with. So it was all an accident. Like, wow. I, I, designed, I, I designed one flyer. And, yeah. then, and, then, and then I just ended up just doing this. Which I didn't think I'd want to do it, but I love it. It's the best job in the world. I think so, anyway. And also, you're obviously very good. If you manage to have parties in your mum's house that she oh, never yeah. knew about, I mean, that's like, like a oh, superpower. There was this... It, it is. It was. There was this one time. So my mum bought this new fucking dog. It's just shit dog. Like a, like a whippet. And um, basically, my friend Louie, he was a fucking liability. He was so drunk, he, he broke my mum's patio door. Like, he broke the glass on it. Um, and then I just blamed it on the dog and my mum believed it because this dog wouldn't stop jumping up this door and I was like dog, like the dog just jumped up the window just cracked, cracked the window on the door and then my mum this is really bad she's like I'm going to have it put down and I was like I was like yeah whatever I was like yeah whatever she thought I cared about the dog she thought, I, she thought I'd like fess up or something I don't know but like she was like yeah I'm going to have it put down and they went all the way to the fucking thing <laughs> and then and then um, they came back and was like no, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But I never, I never broke the lie. I was just like, nah, it was the dog. The dog broke the door. I'm going to But did she actually stay or not? No, she, I think she knew. I think she knew at some point because I remember at one point she said, I still don't believe to this day that the, that, that Cassie broke that door. And I was just like, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't care what you believe. That's what, that's what I said happened. So it happened. But um, yeah, it was like, it was a bit of an art form at one point. There was actually one time when... Um, God, it was so weird. There was one time when um, we did have a party and it was just before I was moving to London and I was like, fuck it, I don't care. Because my mum was decorating anyway. So I was like, let's just fucking wreck the house. <laughs> like, but like, it wasn't a conscious decision that I said, let's wreck the house. It's like, it just got to a certain point and I was like, I, wrote, I remember writing a note saying, sorry, mum, had a party. And then we all left. <laughs> and then she, when she came back, she was like, what have you done to my house? And like, but we won her over because all my friends was carpenters, so I was like, oh yeah, we'll just we'll just do some free work around the house. It was fine. So yeah, it was funny. Those were funny times. So when did you move to London? I moved when I was 18. Wow. Just not knowing anyone. No, I knew my dad. My dad lived lived here. Okay. Um, and so I moved in with him. But um yeah, I didn't know anyone else. Like I originally came down to so I used to design clothes in back in Wolverhampton. Like I was, this is something. It was another, just a hobby that I was into. I just like to make my own clothes, and then I was meant to move down to go to um, a college of fashion, yeah. but then, but then I had an argument with my stepmom. who's a stupid bitch. So, <laughs> so like I fell out with my dad, and then I had to move out, and then I was just then I was literally on my own in London, and um, yeah, I found I got a job in a in a nightclub, and um, so you didn't been. go to the. London I didn't do it, fashion. no. No, I really wanted to. I never did it, no. Would you ever go back to that? Um, yeah, I still make clothes for myself. I, oh, just, I design a lot of my own stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I've got something special going on, I'll, like, make something. Um, so but I probably sew? wouldn't... What? Do you sew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it all? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I, I'm sew and I've got a machine and everything, yeah. God, you're really I haven't... creative. <laughs> I am quite creative, yeah. But, um, no, um... Uh, yeah, I've still got a sewing, there's a sewing machine here actually. But like every time, if, if there's something that I really, really want, or I really just have it in my head, I'll just be like, I'll just fucking make it, you know? Oh, that's so lovely. 
I'd love to be yeah. able to do that. Or if, or if it's like Halloween, like Halloween costume, like I always make a Halloween costume, it's fucking sick. So last year I made, I don't know if you can see it, last year I made that, where is it? That thing up there, that's yeah. a big paper mache head. It's the girl from from um, Squid Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I yeah, made yeah. a big head and I put it on and I made the dress and like I just, that's what I did for a laugh. <laughs> that's wicked. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. But I don't think I'd ever do it for anybody else. Like, yeah. I'd probably design, but I don't think I'd make for anybody else. I made for people, like, before, when I was literally doing it by hand. I'd probably design something, but I don't think I'd make anything physically. Yeah. So where's your... Have you got an office in London? Or do you just all work from home? Yeah, I do have an office, yeah. Yeah, in St. Catherine's Dock. Okay. Um, where the nice. new venue is. So, right, yeah. The Queen's got a boat outside of there. So when she when she, when she dies, I'm gonna climb onto the boat, have a party. Like it was just like this gold boat there. It's like a gold boat, and I'm like, that's all my ancestors' fucking gold. It's mine. Like, do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's like um, right behind the Tower of London in St Catherine's Dock. That's yeah, our new venue. There. So we have offices there. Oh, what is it? What venue is it? Oh, so it used to be the London Medieval Banquet Place. Oh wow! It, you used to go. People used to go down and dress up as like. Tudors or whatever, and they used to have a jester, and they used to eat and stuff. So yeah, we bought that, um, and wow. now we've just we've just we've just got the buildings building um, work improved approved there. So yeah, that's where we'll be opening this year. So what kind of events are you going to have in there? Everything, everything. I've got. I'm gonna. I'll probably do New Year's because I love having New Year's parties. Um, but we'll be doing World Cup. We'll be doing loads of eating stuff there. I mean, that's only one venue. We've got another which I'm not allowed to talk about. We've got another two that we will have by the end of the year in London. Wow. Um, so we'll do everything. Like, we'll do... Um, there's one big one that we're looking at in the middle of London, like in the middle of the West End of London, um, that we're looking to turn into a big music venue, like a live music venue. Oh, that'd be good, because they're fucking shutloads, aren't they? <laughs> exactly. I think that's kind of like an advantage that we have. Like, um, with the pandemic, a load of places shut down. But our investor was just like wanted us to buy more venues, so we just like put offers in wherever you can. There's a yeah. big gap in the market. Let's try and get them, and that's what we've tried. And it seems like it's working out. Yeah. And how have you? So you're doing events. Are you continuously doing events. I mean, yeah, yes and no. So the venues like they allow us to have other people doing events at the spaces, and we just make the money off that. But like, yeah. because I love doing the events and I love the creative side of events. Like, I'll, every now and then, I'll just, like, I want to do New Year's, or I want to do Halloween, or I want to do this album launch for my friend's band, or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. do whatever. And so it just gives us that freedom, which is, pr which is probably why I don't have to get up and go to work nine to yeah. five every day, you know? How have you found stuff since, kind of, life's getting back to normal? Oh, man, anxious. Really anxious. So, like, um, I've always been a bit of a loner. But um, I never thought that that was actually true. As in, so before we used to have events, I used to be out two, three, four times a week at events, doing events, working events, uh, my own events, whatever. And then when the, um, when the pandemic happened, I thought I was going to struggle. But actually, I really, really loved it. I thrived. Like I created this whole new thing, this yeah. whole new version of myself, didn't I? Um, and then when stuff started to reopen, I was like, I go out and I'm out for like 15 minutes. Like, I couldn't go home. Like, I just want to go home. Yeah. Um, and I also like uh, realised that 
that I don't like a lot of people as well. <laughs> no, not 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 like not like actual people. He's just I, I don't like a lot of types of people. Yeah. And um, I'll be out and I'll just be talking. I'll go. I need to go home. I just need yeah. to just go away from him. So yeah, like anxious really. I've never suffered from anxiety, but I have. I do get anxious from like just being out in places. Like I went to. I hosted an award for the Amazon um, Heavy Music Awards. Was that this last year? And. And like I thought, I was really excited to go up there. I went up there, and you know, I was just in this sort of like waiting area, and there was hundreds of people in there, and it was just a lot. And I was um, yeah. just a bit worried about COVID and whatever. But um, yeah, it's I don't feel I don't really like being out, but I yeah. love the idea of being out. That's me. Yeah. I love I love throwing parties and being at parties, and I like in my head when I play it out in my head, I'm like, yeah, this is sick. But then, like, realistically, I'd rather just be out with, like, one or two friends. Yeah. You know? I hear that. I get... I always get excited about going to gigs. I used to go to gigs a lot. And then... Yeah. I'll book them. And I was supposed to go and see... I was supposed to go and see Thundercat. Yeah. In April. Oh, that was recently, right? Yeah, oh, no. in April. It yeah. got moved. It was, like, supposed to happen two years prior. But it was supposed to be yeah. in the Roundhouse. And then moved it to Brixton. But I was taking my eldest daughter, who's 11. And I yeah. wasn't... I didn't really want to take her all the way to Brixton just because it's not the other side of the world, but it feels like it. And also, yeah. I don't know about that venue. The Roundhouse is nice because you can just sit. I mean, what I assumed Oh, man, the Roundhouse is good, yeah. And it's just easy. But yeah. I, it, ended, it turns out I wasn't well anyway. But there was a comedian okay. that ended up opening for him that I'm gutted that I missed because I really like him and I can't think of his name. I share a lot of his stuff as well. A comedian? Not Dame Baptiste or something? No. No. Oh, he does the songs, mm. like parody songs. This... Oh, not Al Yankovic, no. No, no, he's an Eng- he's English. That guy from um, the IT crowd. No. Matt Berry. No. No, 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 no. Really? No, it's Who's that guy? guy. I don't know. You have to find him. I find him. I find him. Um, my memory is so bad I can't remember anyone's <laughs> names I can't remember anything it's because I'm fucking getting me menopause I think oh what's his fucking <laughs> name what is his name um but yeah but but then I, and then the week after I had Robert Glasper okay in a church in Hackney which was the that most amazing gig ever and Colin yeah. came out oh really fucking no Colin yeah it yeah, was amazing but I was like I don't think I would have made it if I'd have gone to see Thundercat the week before. Yeah. Because I just can't... It was really lovely being there, but it just feels like it's such an effort to get out of the house and do It anything. is, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. I, I live... So I live in Maida Vale, and oh, nobody nice. ever comes... Nobody ever comes to Maida Vale. It's like... This is probably why I was... What? Why? It's funny. <laughs> nobody ever comes here. Like, it's too far. Nobody... It's, it's so peaceful here. It's great. <laughs> but, like... Um, yeah, um, so yeah, I live here, so like, it is a mission to get to anywhere. But I walk everywhere, mainly. Like, I can, Maidafail is one of those places where, so it takes me 30 minutes to walk to Camden, or it'd take me 30 yeah. minutes on public transport, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, and it's that's nice the same for to walk, Ke- not get on the tube. It is. Oh no, yeah, I hate the tube, especially in this weather as well, though. Sorry, I found it. Right. right. I can't pronounce his name. Him? Oh, fucking Munya Chihuahua. Yeah. That's the one. 
Fucking hell. Yeah, he, he's a, he opened for Thundercat. Okay, that's yeah, cool. No, I was that's like, really cool. I fucking like him. Um, but yeah, with Made About, is that on the Central or Bakerloo? Bakerloo line. Bakerloo line, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like I can walk to Oxford Circus, I can walk to Camden, I can walk to Kensington, which I do all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. Like, I, I like it here. It's very green. Yes, it's, it's almost lovely. like it's almost like suburbs, but it's not really because it's so close to central yeah. London. But do you yeah. are you finding it more anxious getting on the tube now than you used to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like the tube's just dirty and hot, isn't it? You know, yeah. oh, like especially it's, at the moment. Have you been on that new Elizabeth Elizabeth line? Elizabeth line is like so clean. Oh wow. I don't see. I don't need to because it doesn't. It doesn't benefit me. I can't oh, believe that people travelled. To get on it, I, that oh, that kind of behaviour. People come what down do you mean? from up north and queued so they could get on the first. Oh really? I don't understand oh, no. that behaviour. That's weird. It yeah, is that's weird, weird, isn't it? I mean, I do like the Elizabeth Line because um, so Paddington is right by me, and yeah. Elizabeth Line. With that, it now takes me twenty minutes to get to East London, whereas before it used to take me forty minutes to get oh, to East good. London. Oh, that's good. So for like my journey to so when I used to have the 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 venue in Old Street, it would be here to Maida Vale to um, uh, where was it Oxford Circus, Oxford Circus to fucking Euston, then Euston, Euston to to Old Street, yeah, and that was 40, 40, 45 minutes, yeah. sometimes even fifty minutes, and now it's just twenty minutes easy. It's so good. That is good. Well, that's one good thing to come out of. Queen. Yeah, a line. <laughs> a drain line. Tube. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talk to me. It's been really lovely. Anytime. No, it's been nice. Um, what's next? Oh, well, I'm not really allowed to say, am I? Um, oh, okay. of course you're right. That's funny because I was going <laughs> to say to you, can I talk about what you've just done? Did you approach them or did they approach you? For whatever it was. Um, they, they approached me and I said no initially. Brilliant. And then I was like, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it. Um, but like, so what's next? So um, basically I have, I'm planning to do. So I've got a lot of comedian friends and people I know who are comedians. And um, they've said to me that I should do a stand up. But as I've said to you earlier that I can't remember anything. Like, yeah. So stand up is a lot of routine and I yeah. can't do that. But... I have decided that I'm doing live podcasts, which are just going to be more like a conversation with the audience. Yep. Because I'm really good with just having conversations and just yeah. Yeah, telling yeah, people yeah. funny stories from my life and experiences and answering questions and whatever. Yeah. So we're going to do that at 21 Soho this year Wicked. in September. So I'll be doing that. And that is the same month that something else is going to be announced, which I'm not allowed to talk about. So that's when it is um, September. Yeah, Whatever yeah, yeah, and and then and then after that, after that, I am planning on. We've been writing a show for a, a while now, over a year. Um, I say we, I say we, like I say we all the time. It's not because I talk about my characters like they're other people. That's probably the first sign of me going mad. So we've been writing on a show. We've been working on a show, and it is actually um, it's actually a re a, a reimagining of TFI Friday. Oh um, wow. So my so my whole idea is I work in music. That's the thing. So my whole idea is I love TFI Friday. I work in music. I have venues. Let's try and put that all together and create a remake it in a way. And so we're trying to. I don't want to as much as I do love sort of 
the idea of my sort of things notice videos reach getting traction and giving people news i think that we can find a better vehicle to deliver it in so yeah. we've been for over a year now i've been putting together a version of tfi friday which is called ofi sunday which i really want to create and put in the ether and like you know we have the venues i have i have the I, you, as you know i've been doing these videos now so i i really want to turn that into something and hopefully yeah. that will be what we do next and then then we have a longer version of the news every sunday with some music as well sort of like that playing on that wicked. nostalgia so it's playing on that old nostalgia of like live and kicking and stuff yeah, like that yeah, and yeah. smtv and sort of having it funny and having all my characters there and having my friends there because it's really isolating just doing all this stuff on my own so i really yeah. want to just turn it into a a, a proper thing like for free just for for people just so just for fun you know because yeah. if i'm completely honest i'm just a bit bored right now so i just rather just do it do it with a bunch of my best friends you know we, we, we like i did it when i couldn't be i did my i set up my thing and my things noticed when i couldn't be with anybody else and now that i can be with somebody else and i can be with other people and i've essentially set up my own production company by just having my fucking phone here yeah. And editing, I've never edited before, I did it all myself. So now I've created all that, I think that we can sort of lift it and just make yeah. it bigger. That sounds wicked. So that's How that's the plan anyway. were you in lockdown? I know oh, that you it was great, I loved it. I loved it, it so much. You did, you were like, I'd, I'd, I would do another, I'd do another lockdown in, in a heartbeat. I oh, really, really? Would. Yeah, I loved it. Like, I really, really did. Like, I thought I was going to struggle. I really thought I was going to have a bad time. But it just um, it sort of just gave me um, the perfect opportunity just to, to just do whatever I wanted to do. Like I've been working yeah. straight in the music and events industry for over five years without a break. Yeah. And and, and I, if you speak to a lot of my friends who are in bands as well, they'll say the same thing. Like it's recording, writing, tour cycle in the music industry. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what the, what the, the lockdown did was it forced us to give ourselves that time, yeah. which otherwise we wouldn't have had, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I loved it. Oh, good. Good for you. Sick. Yeah, thanks. How was you in the lockdown? <laughs> the first one was great. I sunbathed. The kids were fine. Yeah. We didn't have... They didn't have that much schoolwork because no one really right. knew what the fuck was going on, did they? And the weather yeah. was nice. So it was actually quite God. nice. I didn't miss getting up and doing the school run at all. No. It was... I, you, I do have to admit, those days, like first lockdown, that weather was fucking great. Like, everywhere was dead. There was nothing like yep. the big. You could go to a big supermarket and there'd be nobody in there, yeah. and it'd just be like the one. I love the one that, thing actually. I do regret is we didn't go into town because a lot of people were just going in and saying because all the streets were empty in London. Weren't yeah, they? I love I that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I, I didn't do that, and I'm. I mean, well, you know, tubes were running, weren't they? I can't remember now, but like, yeah, yeah we didn't running, do yeah. that, and I, I wish we because we were there just before the first lockdown started. We went for dinner in um, Oxford Circus. Okay. And um, and that was weird. It was like, yeah, what's that zombie film? Twenty eight days later. Yeah, it was like that, and it was a bit it's like, like that. Because that's yeah, that's in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, mad. But yeah, I didn't do that. But yeah, I was fine. But then the there was a weird one in November, wasn't there for a bit? And then the but the yeah. one like at Christmas that mm. done me because then by then all the schools were properly set up. So right. I'm very lucky. I've got my computer that I work on and my old computer. So my kids were fine. They could sit doing their work. But then obviously yeah. I couldn't work. So right. then when they finished, that's when I had to start. But then they wanted me for stuff. So 
Yeah, okay. That was hard. Shit. And the weather was shit, and it was cold, and it was... Yeah. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. Okay. Because it had just been going on for ages then, hadn't it? It was a bit like... Yeah, it was like pretty long, wasn't it? Yeah. Christmas was cancelled. It was just all... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I remember. But yeah, I didn't... We were lucky, like... We did lose a couple of people, but it... It was kind of... They were old, and even though it was horrible, it wasn't, you know... Yeah, that still sucks though. It still sucks, still yeah, sucks. but it's yeah. compared to some. Like, I know people lost multiple members of their family and stuff. Didn't yeah, they? Some same. People That's fucking, like a lot, yeah. Yeah, had it really hard. So, yeah, I can't complain too much. Yeah. But. Okay. Yes. Fair enough. No. So, what are you doing next? What's your, what's your what plan? What do I do next? you got to edit this video, right? I've got to edit this video, <laughs> yeah. I've got a. I what I'd really like to do is not have to do anything else and I can just do the podcast all the time because I just really enjoy it but unfortunately yeah. <laughs> I still have to work so yeah but yeah I'm ho- I'm trying to build this more but it's just time yeah. it takes time social media is so time consuming yeah that's why I don't go on it like I genuinely just do my posts and I'm just like fucking you lot can yeah. argue amongst yourselves yeah. <laughs> I just step away from it like it is yeah it's a lot but yeah I need to set up a patreon I'm going to do that. Yeah. And that's the thing with the videos. I can just put them on there. Because it's a bit yeah, like, I don't really know what else I can offer. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, people pay okay. a certain amount and they get more stuff. But it's like, I don't know what I'll yeah. do, really. And you, you, do, you do it from home, right? And you, you yeah. set up you set up the... So you set up the... Um, what's the thing? There's a thing that you have to set up that makes your podcast go out to everywhere, right? What's it called? Yes. I do it on like Acast. A, oh, you do it on Acast. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, okay. It's pretty long. So I did a, so we did a, um, we did a podcast for a while, but it was only until I, just before I went away. So we're going to, we're coming back in September to start doing it yeah. with a podcast network. So we've got a podcast studio in, um, Hackney now, and we're trying to get loads of people right. to record. So if you ever need a studio to record okay. that, if that's your thing, it's, um, yeah, it's in, it's actually in, where is it? Dalston. It's in Dalston. Okay. Yeah. So if you ever need a place, let us know. Oh, thank you. I will do. No problem. <laughs> oh, it's lovely to meet you. Thank nice you to meet very you too. much. So yes, that was the incredible Danny fucking Price. Obviously, you need to follow him on the socials if you don't already. Um, if you want to hit me up about anything we discussed, please do. I love him i can't believe he's goldie's son i honestly had no idea which is hilarious because they very much look alike but i just had no idea um but yeah it was it was interesting to find out more about him and not just about what he kind of posts if you know what i mean so yeah it was wicked and i wish him all the best in everything that he's doing i'm excited about what he's got going on but yeah it was loved it I hope you did too. If you have any guest suggestions or you want to come on, please get in touch. I'm always looking for someone to talk to. <laughs> Mum and Mama Pod on all the socials. Mum and Mama Pod at gmail.com. Just get in touch. Get in touch just to say hi. Hi. Have a lovely day. Thank you for listening. If this is your first time, then I've had so many wonderful conversations with all different kinds of people. So check out my back catalogue. There will be something there you will enjoy, I promise. And I have loads of exciting people coming up as well. My most recent episode, actually, well, one of the most recent ones, with Jordan Gray, who's just um, 
his comedian who's at the Edinburgh Fringe is getting five star reviews. So if you've heard about her, then have a listen to our chat because we had a good old work. She wrote about everything actually. That was really lovely. Work. But yes, I'm going to stop babbling. Enjoy. Big work. love to you all. Stay safe and sane, and I'll see you next week. Bye. 